Hey everybody, my name is Al Nicoletti. I'm an attorney here in Florida and welcome to the Al Nicoletti Show where I bring on real estate super investors, rising rock stars, movers and shakers, and leaders of clubs in their community that educate, entertain, and inspire all things on Florida real estate and bringing on people that are helping others even outside the Florida market, bringing on people in California, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Texas, so many industries and so many big people in the real estate world that can help all of us level up our game so we can all take our business to the next level. And the guy that I got on the show tonight is definitely going to help you take your game to the next level because it is one of those things we find in the title world that always can stall that deal, right? How many of us come across deals where there's a probate or maybe there's some kind of tax lien, but you overcome that situation and then all of a sudden you see on the last page of the title commitment or the title company see this and then they tell you on the last page it says, nuisance lien, nuisance lien, nuisance lien, code enforcement, code enforcement. I mean, you see all these liens and it has sometimes huge numbers, right? Sometimes it's small numbers, but sometimes it's huge numbers. And when you're getting in on your deal, sometimes it can, it can ruin the deal. Like the numbers are too tight. Now you got to renegotiate. I mean, how many of us, I mean, I know you all are watching live. So how many of us have ever gone through that before? And tonight I got Glenn Guzman, and he is code enforcement in Lake County, and he's in a certain municipality. We'll talk about that, but he is the guy where, you know, when you come across these things in that particular municipality in that county, that got to be worked through. They're the ones that are talking about the lien or implementing the lien or or working through the negotiations. So this is going to be awesome talking about this because, again, I can, I can only imagine the people that watch this show that want to know how do you reduce these liens? How do you get into these liens? How do they even start? So we're going to go over the process of reduction in liens and uh, who should be contacted, right? Who's the right department to get in touch with? It's going to, it's going to different, uh, it's going to differ like be, between each county. So we'll talk about that. Talk about things in in uh, settlement agreements and special master decision making stuff. Glenn's the master when it comes to that stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna leave that to him. But you know we'll go back and forth on a lot of those things and just talking about things that are liens in the record and what's what's a lien and uh, how does it start and uh, some crazy stories that I know Glenn's gonna bring on the show. So let's welcome him to the show. Without further ado. Glenn Guzman, Glenn. Hey, man. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Love it. Love that you're on the show. And you know, the one thing I didn't tell everybody, Glenn, was I'm honored that you found my videos on YouTube. Uh, Glenn's one of one of the ones that uh, I think he saw like a tax deed seminar or webinar I put online, and he was. I remember he commented like, "Hey, man, like this is great content. Like this is great that you're putting it out there." And I was. And then I remember seeing like code enforcement. I'm like, I got to get this guy on the show. So Glenn, you got to tell everybody, you know, who's Glenn? How did you get into a lot of the code enforcement things in, in the position you are now? Where did you start and how did you get here? So I started in 2006 and I started as an officer. Was always interested in the civil side of this uh, code enforcement, things like that. Um, and then I progressed from there learning, you know, became a senior officer, then a um, the supervisor then moved into the building side of things where I was doing licensing, investigating, um, and checking out, uh, unlicensed contractors doing repairs on these homes. Um, from there, I came back to code enforcement and became director. I've been director since 2017. Um, so for the last five years or so now that's what I've been doing primarily. Um, but I, this is where I've really dived into, um, the liens and the process and the release of liens and how it does encumber those parcels. Um, so when you have someone with a lien, um, that it can jam up a deal and it's crucial. So having to work through those, cause these liens, once they're established, they can stay on the property for 20 years. Um, so they're, and that's per statute. So that's a long, long time that you could have something on there. Um, so that, that's how I got started into it. And I really, really enjoy, you know, helping people out and, and, and letting them know that don't, don't walk away from a deal just because it has a lien you know, really reach out to someone in the municipality or wherever that leans from and try to resolve and how you can go through that process to get it released. 
Very interesting. I mean, we're going to dive in. I, I'm already taking notes on this stuff. We haven't even like barely begun. And uh, I'm learning things about the liens on there for 20 years and stuff. And, um, and, and you said something that definitely holds true for a lot of people that are buying deals or getting into real estate, which is you come across this kind of situation and you immediately see on the title work, you see on the commitment, you know, these big numbers or the amount of liens. And I love your approach about don't walk away from it. There may be an opportunity behind it. There may be something behind it. And uh, we're going to talk about like how we're going to do a whole buildup. And what I want to do for you all is Glenn and I are going to walk through the beginning stages, right? Like how did he, how does it even start? Um, what are they, what are they looking for? You know, how does it get implemented? What are, what are the next steps in, in, in it being a lean and getting into reductions and everything? Cause this can be big. Um, but Glenn, you know, before we dive into that, you know, what is that one thing that you find just so fascinating when it comes to what you're doing, being a part of that, uh, the head of that, that municipality, when it comes to these liens, like what is that one thing you see all the time? That's just really getting your gears and driving you when it comes to this stuff. See, seeing the, the impact that we can make and somebody, you know, coming in and, and realizing that they have, Hey, I've got $130,000 lien on this property and the property is maybe worth 50,000 and being able to help that family out to recognize that we can actually come to an agreement, bring the property into compliance because our ultimate goal is not to be punitive, but to actually get compliance and bring that property back on the market or at least, you know, safe, safe housing, decent housing. And, um, you know, for the neighborhood, a safety, you know, place for the neighborhood. So when we are able to, you know, take those liens and do those reductions for those families, it's huge because they, they see it overwhelming and then it becomes a snowball for them. Like they figured out that they could never get ahead of it. And, and when I come and have those discussions with families, I mean, they're leaving my office and they're crying and they're thankful and, and they're so appreciative because they're, you know, that, that fear of having that over their house um, goes away. Um, if we just have a conversation, if you just speak to someone, they'll get to understand that the liens are not the ultimate. What our real goal is always going to be is compliance. And that's our ultimate goal. So getting them to do that, that's a win. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I love that approach. I mean, that's that's an incredible approach because that's what you want. You want to be able to help and facilitate and get everybody to the table together, which is exactly. what what a lot of people that are buying investors, realtors that have these situations want that mentality. And uh, we hope that that's where it is in every municipality. So. Glenn, let's start from the beginning. Walk us through, you know, uh, how does it even begin? You guys are out and out and about. Y'all are driving. Maybe you see the grass is really tall or, you know, maybe there's a lot of shrubbery in the front or, um, you know, how does the process begin by the identification of how it all starts? What are you looking for? So particularly in Lake County and in within Lake County, we have 14 other municipalities. So I'm going to speak about the unincorporated portions. Um, and it's throughout the state, it, it's going to vary. So, um, but for our particular jurisdiction, we don't have the staff to be proactive. So we're not proactive per se. Um, a lot of these complaints are coming into us just last year, Senate bill 60 was signed into law where we no longer take anonymous complaints. And so with that, we're, we're driven by complaints coming into our office with someone actually providing a name and an address. Um, and that's per statute. And so once we get those complaints and then we go out there and we investigate. So if, if there's something adjacent that has the same similar situation or it's a violation, then we address those as well because we're in the neighborhood and it's our job to do that as well. And so when we get um, a complaint on one particular property, we're also assessing the neighboring properties to make sure that they're also in compliance. Um, once we find that there is a violation, we try to uh, notify the property owners. Um, once we notify the property owners, work with them to try to bring that property into compliance. This can take anywhere from, you know, two weeks to three to four months before we actually go to hearing and we'll provide a notice for hearing so that there's an extensive due process that goes into place to get that done. Um, once we have no um, communication with the, with the folks or they're just not complying or not, you know, trying to bring the property into compliance, then it leaves us no choice but to go to before a public hearing. That public hearing is going to have a, a magistrate in some municipalities, you're going to have a board or some of them will also have both. Um, that magistrate is also most likely going to give that um, the respondent an opportunity to bring that property into compliance. 
Um, if they fail to do it at that point, typically you're going to see that, you know, on whatever day that the magistrate provides for them, that last day, it starts to accrue fines. And those fines will accumulate very quickly um, because it's on an accrual basis per day. So um, depending on what the fines in our municipality, it typically ranges between $100 to, to $500, depending on what the severity of the issue is. Most of them are going to be in that $100 range, but that's still $3,000 a month in fines. No one wants to be at that. Mm -hmm. um, but the goal is compliance. And so once that reaches a certain amount, then we typically go ahead and record that. And we also send a notice um, to the respondent again to let them know, hey, um, you didn't come into compliance. We do have an order of fine that was signed by the magistrate. And before that's recorded, we still give them an opportunity where they can contest it to say, oh, I didn't know. Let me take care of it now. So the opportunities are there. So by the time it's recorded, it's gone through an extensive due process system. Um, so that then that lien becomes valid and that lien is now good for 20 years until that property either in compliance or the liens are paid off or we come into an agreement and settlement agreement to reduce it to get it off. So that's the process building up to that lien. Um, and we typically will not negotiate a lien release until that property is in compliance. That's the whole goal. The whole goal is to have that compliance. So I, so here's where my mind is at. Every time investors or realtors, when they, when they have a deal and the title's pulled, you're saying the lien's already recorded because that's why it's coming up on the title. It's already been recorded. It's, it's in the county record against that property. Um, and the hearing is what happens before that phase, right? So Correct. the homeowner's notified. They get the opportunity to be heard about what's going on. And they have an opportunity to bring it to compliance, but ultimately they don't. So that's why after a while it accumulates, it gets recorded. So the next step is how many of these, how high can it go? I mean, how, how, how much can that lien end up being? And you know, how, I mean, can it go to a hundred thousand? Can it go to 50,000? Can, what if, what have you, what's that? A million. It can go up. It can go very high. I mean, I've seen as as high as one point six million. Wow. Um, you know, so it can get very, very high. Um, you know, but but ultimately, that's not the goal. I mean, the, the, but a, a lien that's sitting on someone's property for twenty years and no one's doing anything about it. Um, so you can imagine it's going to quickly, um, most likely in most scenarios, it's going to quickly exceed the value of the property. Um, and that's not going to do, and that's where we find a lot of times where they get stuck. And so nobody wants to come in and, and purchase a lien or so you got a tax deed sale, you got all these other things that are happening. And, but then it has a, a code enforcement lien that doesn't get removed that, as you know, and then nobody wants to touch it because of that lien. Um, but the, because the liens are much more than the value of the property. Um, so that's where the reduction and the negotiation to kind of bring that property into compliance comes into play where unless you reach out to someone, it's not like a magic button. Those liens can get extremely excessive um, and it's not going to move. And, and that's, that's the goal that, you know, I, I'm privileged and have the, the opportunity to kind of help and facilitate those situations where obviously it's not, it's not going to be helpful for anybody because if that property just sits there, um, it's not getting rehabbed. It's probably depreciating properties around it. Um, and, and it's not, it's not, it's hurting the tax base, it's hurting everyone. And so you don't want to have that property just sitting there. So if we can actually have someone come in, take care of it, eliminate the blight or eliminate the violations and bring it back on the market and, and rehab the house and do all those other things, it's good for everyone. Yeah. And so, so you're looking at somebody that, that's going to look at it and go, there is an opportunity for a return on the investment. Um, that's what we want. We want that house to be back on the market. Yeah. And, and you want that ability for somebody to spruce it up so that it, it helps the community, right? You don't want that blight in the community. Correct. And, and at the same time, you know, I, I don't want investors to get the idea that the, the, the fines can be eliminated. I mean, I'm not suggesting that the fines can be eliminated, but something that to take into consideration is that work with the municipalities to come up with a reasonable figure that's going to facilitate somewhere where they have an opportunity for an ROI. Um, but it also um, reimburses the 
the municipalities for the work and the efforts that they've taken into consideration to put that uh, or to to take care of that property and, and the rest of the neighborhood. Yeah. So one thing I know we were talking about the other day, which um, and you remind me, refresh me on this one, which is when when those liens all of a sudden get recorded, um, all if you have another piece of property or even another piece of land, those liens attach to all the properties. Yes. And a lot of people don't know that. They think, oh, it's only against that one property that was oh. the, was the blight. But then you got a really pretty property in, uh, let's just say, Pontevedra, you know? And right. right. Wait, uh, let, let me give you a scenario. Um, there's, you know, we've had one where um, the, the person thought, this is a homestead. And so when it comes to homestead, if it's your property and it's your homestead, the liens can stay accruing. And as the statute doesn't permit uh, the county or the government to go ahead and foreclose on our code enforcement lien based on the fact that you have homestead. So the constitution doesn't allow, it. boom, it's not going to happen. So, um, but what does, what does happen is in one scenario where we had where that person thought can't come after me, can't do anything to me. That person then inherits a piece of property. And once he inherits that property and now he inherits the property with siblings and now there's four owners. And so the property mother passes away um, the, they go through probate, the four siblings get a quarter each of the property. Now the siblings want to sell the property and his name is attached to all those to, with the property, um, with the siblings. Well, they go to do a title search. They go to put it on the market, do a title search. Boom. His name comes up. He's got a code enforcement lien, had nothing to do with that property. We had no idea that his, even his mother lived in the neighborhood. None of that was tied together, but because of the fact that, um, the probate had, you know, been done and his name was now on another piece of property that he inherited. Um, his liens on his homesteaded property were now impacting the sale of that home. Mm. And wow. so the siblings reach out to me and say, Hey, what can we do? And I said, I need you to clean up your property. Well, the gentleman wanted to refuse to do that. Um, he, he's, he was still stubborn about cleaning up the property, but his siblings came to us and said, well, what can we do to release these liens? And I said, well, for one, he has a total amount of fines that he hasn't paid. I said, what we can do is do a partial release of lien to unencumber this property um, and allow them to sell that property with a payment of and commitment. Um, so we did a settlement agreement with a commitment that he would go ahead and clean up that property. So we did that settlement agreement and at that point, he um, they paid the fines and all the fines were so he was zeroed out with fines. And then we went ahead and we did the release of lien for that property. So that's a way to do that. Um, and I think we've done it a few times where we could actually por portion out one property to sell um, with conditions. Um, ultimately, again, it would all, it's always going to come back to the conditions of bringing the property that you have the violations on into a commitment that we can follow up on to bring it into compliance. That's the goal. Yeah. I love how everybody got creative on that situation, right? There was a deal and it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be good unless there was a way around it or coming up with some kind of settlement agreement. But ultimately that was talking to code enforcement, talking to the County about right. what are the opportunities. And like you said, the commitment that if you, if we do this, you're, you know, they're going to commit to either changing it up. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So he had, he had an option and he had a certain amount of time to commit. Otherwise the liens and everything would go back and, and we would continue our code enforcement action on the property. And so, um, and ultimately in this particular case, he didn't do what he was supposed to, but all that liens and, and anything else that accrues goes right back. Um, so all we do is take the credit from his balance of what he paid, but he continues to accrue at this point. Yeah. And that's crazy because I know I was telling you a story about how there was a, there was a probate deal. There's six kids and everybody was worried about the probate being done. Um, I think did it in like four weeks or I don't even know. It was, it was fast. And as soon as the title moved to all six of them, you know, the title gets updated and there's all these nuisance liens and, and code enforcement. There was just a whole bunch of stuff that was on the title and, but, you know, everybody was worried about the probate. And then 
everybody was trying to get the liens reduced, but they couldn't get in touch with anybody or get a clear answer from the county. Um, not the county Glenn's in, just making that clear. Uh, not, not where Glenn is. You would get you get some communication with Glenn. But they, they couldn't get any answers. And I think it took at least three to four months before there was somebody, some kind of movement. And it was incredible how that was like the one thing that held up the deal. And looking back at it and what you're talking about with a settlement agreement and, you know, maybe commitment or enforcing it. I know the, the the county that it was in changed up a lot of their rules and stuff with probate uh, when it came to code enforcement and nuisance liens. But I love that mindset of what are the options? What are the strategies? And maybe sitting down at the table and talking about it. It got closed, but I, but I see where you're coming from. And I think I wish it was implemented in each county where that that's an option, but we'll talk about lien reductions too. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and that's the thing is that the leadership here in this county has, you know, provided us not to be a barrier, but to be a, you know, a solution. And that's the goal. I mean, it, it, we've got tremendous support from the leadership, from the board of county commissioners that really have, you know, um, allowed us to, you know, make those calls and, 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 you know, given us that authorization to, you know, move those barriers out of the way and try not to be the government that's, you know, stopping everything and try to make progress and and facilitate these odd you know situations that rules sometimes can't you know even fathom you know you can't make a rule for everything i mean so some of these oddball situations you need somebody there to go oh i can you know take this round peg and put in that square hole and so you know vice versa so that's the thing that we try to you know really you know work with individuals that have the situations that are just unique yeah, no, that's great. And I'm sure there's so many other situations that come up. If anybody's got questions out there, you know, drop a comment in the comment section. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, drop a comment. We would love to hear your thoughts and, you know, see what you all are thinking when it comes to this stuff. Because I know a lot of you out there got questions when it comes to this stuff. And Glenn, he'll be there. We'll 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 be typing away on this stuff because we love hearing about what are the opportunities, what are the creative measures that come across this stuff you know glenn we I, I feel like we hit that like peak right so you know everybody they had the hearing they didn't do anything uh the liens are racking up we'll go with 500k because 1.6 sounds like insane amount. <laughs> we'll go we'll go with 500k so they're 500k and um all of a sudden investors doing their mailer their cold call and they find a deal right uh somehow they either found the code enforcement lead list or they found a distress list or they found some kind of list out there and now they love the deal there's no mortgage um there's no tax liens it's it's really free and clear but guess what the 500k is right there in the code enforcement what are some of the top five tips or top five ways, tips and tricks on what that investor, what that real estate professional is going to do at that point so they can figure out that solution to start reducing the liens? And what are some of the strategies there? So, you know, if you can identify, you know, the office that it's coming from, so reach out first to that, that phone number, that office and find out who is in charge of those releases um, normally you're going to have a board clerk or, or the person that the public hearing coordinator or associate that actually, um, does all those legal documents. If it's a small municipality, you're going to find that it might be this one person that does everything for you. And so you have a little bit of quicker response. Um, but that also, that person might, you know, have be the only one doing everything. So just be patient with them. Um, but reach out to the office first, find out who is in, in that chain. Um, they will, they should get you to that right person. Um, email them. Um, I know we're really responsive with emails. So if someone emails us, you know, and, and, um, reaches out to us that way, then that's our first, you know, connection of, okay, what's the case, what's the situation, what are the terms and, and what, you know, really propose, propose something, you know, for us, we have an application for reduction. And so that kind of gives us a ballpark of where to start. In some municipalities, you'll find that there is an application. Some of the municipalities, you'll find that they have a fee connected with that application. Um, we don't charge a fee. Um, so we want you to submit. And, you know, so if you're a potential buyer, that's that's one thing. You know, just let us know what the property ownership is. 
but you go through that application. It's about four or five pages, not very long. And tell us why um, you feel that reduction is necessary. Obviously, if you're a potential investor that's going to um, buy this property, then you didn't cause probably the lien. I mean, you didn't cause the issue. You didn't cause, but you're going to be able to correct the violation. And so um, being able to do that and give us an idea. And there's always a, what do you recommend? And typically you want to see things, you know, like take the assessed tax value and get yourself an idea of, okay, this is what the property is worth. What do you think is a mitigating, like, you know, what investments you're going to put into it? Hey, it's going to cost me $5,000 to clean this up. And the property's worth 50,000 or it's worth a hundred thousand, but it's got $500,000 in liens. Um, you're going to, you know, contribute to that rehab and bring it up to, you know, compliance, um, include that in what you're going to do and, and maybe submit some receipts and say, Hey, it cost me, you know, this much to clean up the property. Um, and so get those estimates, submit that with your application. And those things can be factored into what that reduction should be. Um, I, I don't want to give you a number or anyone a number because I don't want anyone to, to think that there is a magic number. Um, each one of those situations are going to be different and each municipality is going to have their own way of doing it. Um, but it's going to be a substantial difference. And I'm talking about, you know, um, more than 50%, more than 25%. It all depends on that situation. I mean, to as little as maybe even 15, 20% of what that lien was. And if the property is only worth a hundred, you know, you're still going to have to go below if it's a $500,000. And, you know, you need to reduce it to 80,000, you might need to reduce it even to 5%. And so it all, all those factors of how much that lien is versus how much value that house has or the property has all those factors and how much you're going to put into it to, to, to rehab it. So that's why I can't give you specific numbers. Um, but what you, you should not anticipate is that it's zero. Um, there should be some equity involved and you got to anticipate that there's going to be something, but it should not be a hundred percent of what those fines are. Yeah. So does that help a little? Oh yeah. No, this is great. I mean, we don't, we don't even have to get into numbers. I mean, just some of these things alone, I, I feel like it's, what can they bring to the table to say, Hey, I get it. I know this is racked up, not to my fault. It's, it's really the owner that never really took care of the property or did anything, never showed up at the hearing, uh, let it rack up. But here are some of the ideas that we could bring to the table that I'll show the county say, look, we want to help make the community look better. And here are some of the things rehab costs or receipts and um, other things that will help spruce it up and, and get it back to normal. Because, I mean, I'm sure you don't want the whole neighborhood looking like that, right? You right. You want to make – but at the same time, like you said, you're not going to get a zero, right? So I remember – you shouldn't expect that. Shouldn't you you expect know, you really that. shouldn't expect it. Yeah. Um, you know, that you should you should go in there and just like you're doing all your other estimates and you're like, hey, is there going to be an ROI at the end of the day for this? And then just factor that cost and then sometimes even submit that, hey, I'm going to offer, make an offer. You never know if, if a municipality will just accept the offer, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of times we'll get offers of zero. And, and I have to say, you know, that's just not realistic, you know, um, so those kind of things. But make a realistic offer and be be a business person and be an understanding of those numbers and just submit that. You never know. It might be accept, accepted or it might be countered. I mean, it's, that's the part of the whole negotiation and trying to figure out what's the right number and, and can it can it work for everyone? I mean, you know, we're not here to impede again. We're trying to make it work for everyone so that it, it actually gets that property back on the market. Yeah, that's that's huge advice though out there, right? So anybody that's coming across those kinds of situations, for, first of all, Glenn, we got to make sure everybody knows. Glenn, while he's in Lake County, he's in a, a a certain municipality. He's not for all of Florida to answer every question because every municipality in each county has different rules, different regulations. So let's not start blowing him up about things that are in Pensacola, uh, you know, because he's he's only in Lake County and he's only in that municipality where he is. But he's giving a, a really interesting insight to the process of the county and us and this and what cities are looking for and it and i love what you're saying it's like bring it to the table like you got these proposals and these applications and you're bringing your ideas and your creative solutions to the table and saying instead of saying oh this shouldn't be here reduce it by this right you know no like i i think they even have that for in duval county 
uh, with the with tax deeds. And when you get those liens, they have like the two for one where um, if you do rehab and you show receipts, they'll reduce it in half kind of thing. So, um, you know, there's there's opportunities out there to reduce. Are there any other creative ways you've seen on uh, reducing liens. I know we talked about the one with the probate and the settlement agreement. Um, or maybe it is, maybe that is the other thing, the settlement agreement, right? Locking it in. Yeah. Ma making a commitment. And, and normally these are all going to come by a settlement agreement. Um, so that if you're not the owner, but you're a pot potential owner, we might say, you know, Hey, one, upon closing, you'll have 90 days to do what you need to do. Uh, what I also want folks to do is that if they are going to clean it up, it's clean up or, or rehab a structure. If they're doing anything to the structure that requires a, you know, structural electrical plumbing, they're going to need to get a licensed contractor to do those repairs. They don't want to go ahead and, and start doing those repairs themselves on a property that they own um, because it's, it won't qualify as an owner builder when it's an investment property. You're going to need by, you know, statute 489, you're going to need, you're not going to qualify for that owner builder status. You're, it's an investment. And so you need to hire a licensed contractor. So take those things into consideration as well. And we find a lot of times that people want to start flipping houses and they're like, whoa, light comes on and we're going to go flip a house. And then they start doing repairs on that house. And someone calls in and says, hey, someone moved in next door and they're, you know, breaking down windows and, and walls and all doing all this other stuff. We show up. And they're not a licensed couple. I'm the owner, um, but you're not a licensed contractor and you bought the property under an LLC, you know, and, and it's clear that you're an investor trying to flip the house. Well, you need a licensed contractor. Mm. And so it's important that they do that as well. But I mean, having that stipulation with us in place that gives you that, that gives that um, investor the time to do the rehab, which also includes the time to kind of, you know, make that payment to whatever that settlement agreement might be. And so that it, they're not committed to, hey, upon closing, I've got to cut a check too. They can actually take the time that once they've cleaned that ownership, they've cleaned up the property and they also have. The problem is that that release of lien won't occur until they've made that payment. And so we can do a stipulation agreement. We can give them the time, but the release will not occur until that payment is concluded and the property is in compliance. So they have to fulfill the settlement agreement and then we will go ahead and release the lien. Amazing. But the commitment is there. That's the important part is that they have the county on the commitment and that they know that once they follow through with this, they're going to come out whole on the other side. Yeah, it, it, it just seems like there's there's a process to it. You got to follow it, right? And if you follow it, then you're going to get to that part of that lien reduction. And like you were saying, the licensed contractors and because uh, I know that was one thing that you were going to definitely talk, talk about was building permit and licensed contractors. And, you know, I didn't know if we got into the building permit stuff, but um, I think that was a huge golden nugget right there about another, another way of, of bringing in a licensed contractor. Yeah. Yeah. Give, having him give you estimates. And so that that's all part of your, you know, your agreement or your settlement, you know, just to say, Hey, it's going to cost this much to, to really rehab and yeah. get this back on the market. And so bring, bring everything you can. I mean, we're, we're going to take everything you have into consideration. Um, the goal is always compliance, you know, and, and that's the key is that's what we're trying to get to, you know, um, trying to help everyone facilitate that goal is our, is our mission. Glenn, so a lot of people are going to be watching this and are watching this and they're thinking, okay, great. I come across this situation. I got some tips and tricks from Glenn. Um, now it's time to make that happen where it's it's reaching out and contacting and the communication part. So on on my one of my previous episodes, I had Hayden Warble. And on on the episode, Hayden was talking about like, look, you know, he's been in the game a while. And when you get these situations that you got to deal with the county, the city, you got to you got to really approach this as hey we got to do this not a talk down to the the people that are in the office and you know that that's not going to work and that's not going to you know get rapport going what are some of the best ways one to reach out to people like you if they're in another county um and to really begin that begin that negotiation or or discussion or build that great rapport relationship business. Like when it comes to this situation, like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen probably the same investor over and over and over and over on a deal, you know? Yeah. So what is it, what is that process? Like, you know, what are you, what are you seeing as a good best practice in dealing with that? Yeah. So, sometimes you want to just 
you know, especially if you're, you're one of those investors that actually visits the property, goes out to the property, knows the community, knows, go out and, and talk to that, um, that office, you know, go to that code enforcement offices, talk to someone in the office and ask those questions. You know, when it comes to the code enforcement process, um, most of the, you know, the, the, the officers, their, their goal is compliance, but when it gets to fines and liens and all other stuff, their, their, the code enforcement process is done for them, for the officers at that point. And so they've done everything they can and you're still not complying. That now becomes a legal issue for the county. And so it kind of goes into a separate realm, you know, and so, you know, going out and yelling at the officers, why you did this? Or why can't you do this? Is not a way to approach it. You want to just maybe make, get that rapport with that person that works in the office that does the administrative part that does that understands the legal parts of these um, sometimes it, it could be the city attorney. Um, you know, it, it, it all depends on that municipality, but find out who that person is and then make that contact. So it, whether it's the city attorney or, or the county attorney's office, most likely those offices are not going to be it. It's really going to start in the code enforcement place because they're the ones that are going to process those liens re releases. So that's where you want to find out who does your lien releases. Where does it, uh, where does it come from and find out that person that actually does the paperwork and start with them. And then they can tell you how it's processed in that particular municipality. So that's crucial as to finding that out. But if you can get there and talk to that person, or if you can't pick up the phone and find and ask those questions, who processes your liens release? Hold on. Cause most of every office is going to know who does that. You know, let me get you to that person. If that person is not available, find out their email address, touch base with them on, on an email and just say, Hey, I'm interested in this. They can kind of give you the direction. Most municipalities are not going to have a list of, hey, these are the houses that have liens on it. It's not the way we do the approach. I mean, the approach is you find the property that you want and you're interested in, and then let us know on that particular property. And so we don't have a, we don't create a list of people to hunt off of and go, okay, I want to hunt on these. It's probably, I, I'm not an investor, so I don't know what your approach is. Um, but that's going to the code enforcement to find that it, I haven't had a lot of people come back to me and go, I found something on a list from code enforcement, not the way it usually happens. It's usually, um, land on tax deed sales and, and, you know, other, other places that they've gotten, um, you know, the properties. And then they come to us and go, Hey, I'm trying to buy this. And I'm going to bid on it because it's going to auction. It's either a foreclosure or this or that. Um, and then they come to us and go, it's got a lean on it. Um, what can we do? Or someone's selling a piece of property and someone's coming up and saying, Hey, this came up in a title search. What can we do? Um, so that's where we get those, those contacts from. Um, but yet yeah, I wouldn't use code enforcement as a resource to find properties. Um, it would be probably find your property somewhere else. And then if you have a code enforcement link, then contact us and we'll get you to the right person that releases those leads. Yeah, I can only imagine some people are thinking, actually, it is a great lead source, right? <laughs> I'm sure there's some, you know, that that find it that way. But I, I like I like what you're saying about, you know, build the rapport, you know, build that relationship. But when you when you call in, you're asking, well, who does the processing? You know, who does the lien reduction or who does this? And and it probably helps a lot to get to know those people in that municipality, in that office, especially when you're doing deals. Uh, a lot in that one county like if you're if you're in uh clay county um and they have their own municipality stuff going on there you want to know who that is in that in that jurisdiction right there um yeah and, and and i don't know if you i don't know if you did it but like who are some of the people we're looking out for like you know who does this and who does that like who are those top three or four people that people would be wanting to talk to you know, um, in, in each municipality is going to be different. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I'm saying like for us, it's going to be our public hearing coordinator or public hearing associate. Um, they're going to be the top person. Um, and then they filter those applications for me to review. But if you're in a, in a bigger municipality, it could be that you have a special person that that's what they do because they do so many. So it all depends on the value for each, you know, so I'm pretty sure Duval and Judd Jackson was going to have Maybe they have their own special person. I don't know, but maybe they do. Or Orange County or Miami-Dade. Those are going to have their special person that does that, and that's all they do. Um, so it all depends on where. Uh, but if you're looking at smaller cities, you know, populations of less than 50,000, 
it's probably just going to be one person that's going to handle that, that does everything. Um, so it all depends on the volume of how much, you know, how big their populations are. Um, we're about 360,000 here in Lake County. Um, so it, it's a, it's a smaller office. Um, but it's quick to get to me. Um, you, anybody can reach out to me anytime that that's easy to get to me. Um, but the office, uh, public hearing associate handles the administrative part to get it to the clerk, to get it reviewed and get it approved. Um, I'm looking at the application to kind of finalize the details or any special quirks that might occur then, but we do have some uh, kind of a process in place that gets you at least a figure as to how much we can do something and what we can do for you. Um, and then I take it from there. Fascinating. That That's great. That's valuable information for people out there. Again, Glenn, I haven't had somebody come on with code enforcement on the show. You know, three season three, and I mean, it's amazing because how many people, you know, everybody that's watching, how many of you have come across these situations and need to know how to deal with them, how to reduce them, where to go? I mean, I know Duval has certain plans. I'm sure Clay's got different things with building uh, and, and getting lean reductions, but this is some more insight and, and really some great tips on how to really approach them, what to do, the receipts, the estimates that you want to get into the proposals, who to talk to, and maybe even trying to help uh, the homeowner mitigate this because I could see a situation where at the time that the investor or the real estate professional finds the property, the listing, um, and it's a rolling fine, it's 500000 but you know, now it's a time when the investor can really stop that and uh, and help them walk through that instead of it keep going up and up and up to 600000 and be crazy. Uh, what, like, I don't know, you, you can say this number, you can not say this number. What's the lowest you've seen the lien get reduced? Um, <laughs> the off guard question of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, the, here's the thing, the special magistrate has the ability to zero them out. So, um, you know, we, we have a process, the special magistrate has the ability to zero them out. It's to his discretion. You know, um, however, when we have to go and take something before the special magistrate staff recommendation is a standard practice of a 50% reduction for a property. And so, and then we go from there. Um, you know, so that's a 50%. So if it's a 50,000, it's going to be 25. And then we go from there. Um, but he has the ability on certain circumstances to, you know, um, nullify them. I mean, he's the one that implemented them. He's, and that's because the board has decided to provide that authority to the special magistrate. Um, so it can happen. It's unusual. Um, but it, yeah, it, it could happen normally. It, and that's typically probably when in a scenario where it does happen is, Hey, the 97 year old that lives at this house, that didn't realize it because her grandchildren were also living with her and they were taking her mail and she had no idea because they had a junk car in the backyard and they've been doing it for years. And so those are the scenarios that we see that then she comes back to us. She's, she's like, I had no idea. And here she is. And she thinks that she has a house that she's been taking care of, but yet that inoperable vehicle that her, her grandson has been working on with no engine has been sitting there collecting fines for the last five years. And now she goes to maybe she wants to sell the house or she wants to do a reversible mortgage. And she can't do none of this stuff because the lien came up. And she had no idea that it's that it's happened. And so in a situation like that, when she as soon as we notify her and she found out about it, she goes out there. She has that tow, that car towed away. Violation cleared. You know, really, do we really need to assess the fine on, on her that she might have not known that situation was even occurring to her? So those circumstances that that special magistrate will most likely probably, um, you know, do something that's, you know, not the norm for that particular situation. So each particular situation is going to take it into consideration. Yeah. Um, so that's a scenario where I would see, you know, she may, she may not, you know, the, how much notice have we provided or did she know, you know, she may or may not. So it all depends, but that's a good scenario where does it justify maybe a zero could, I'm not saying that it would, but it's possible. And you bring up another great golden nugget there which is what's the story behind 
the rolling find, the nuisance lien, the the code enforcement, because it's not just, you know, the grass is tall or maybe somebody died or something happened. Maybe they abandoned the property, but it may be a story behind the reason that may contribute to the reduction or may contribute to a settlement or understanding. That's huge out there because Glenn, I mean, think about how many people are, they jumped the gun. They're like, well, you know, it's $500,000. It's got to be reduced. And uh, we got this proposal, this proposal. Well, what if you combine everything? You combine the story, the lean, the proposals, the opportunity, the rehab, and it's all packaged and, these are the opportunities. These are the creative strategies. And like you talked about, the partial releases where you agreed on one property, they were going to be released. And on the other, they were going to be there to stay. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's little things like that, that that helps so much in deals. I mean, I know everybody's learning from this. They're going to really, I mean, dive into this. Um, and you got to, again, Glenn is in Lake County in a, in a municipality. So he is not for everybody out there, right? Unless you're in that municipality and you got that one property there, uh, we'll make sure some people will will find one property there, right, Glenn? Uh, but you got to find a Glenn in your county, in your municipality that understands this stuff as each jurisdiction's different. So want to make sure you all know that before you, you know, bl- blow them up to reduce the lien somewhere else. So, uh, can't help. Yeah, Can't help. yeah, yeah. He he's out. He's out. Yeah. Uh Glenn, super valuable. I think that was that was the the best part right there. I mean, bringing a story into the reason why and I think a lot of people miss that. They miss the story element when it comes to that. Um anything we didn't cover that we didn't even get into that's super that's super interesting in the world of Glenn and, and lean reductions and how we go to zero and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, we won't go to zero. Uh, but any, anything we, anything we, we didn't get into that would be really fascinating. Well, I think your last guest last time was saying homework, very important Do your homework, but also reach out to us, reach out to us and, and, and just check. Um, but also recognize that, you know, just because you might have have a violation on your property, that if the owner has an issue somewhere else, um, it's going to, it's going to, you know, these liens are going to attach to everything. And so that the statute allows for that is that it attaches to everything um, that they're going to own. Um, so parcels that are somewhere else, whether it's in the Lake County, um, I don't recall if it attaches to um, upon other real property and personal property owned by the violators. So it, it can attach. So, you know, that's where those partial liens can help out. I mean, partial releases can help out kind of let those other properties go. Um, and, but it's not for everybody. It's, it's not a way. I don't want people to just think that it's a way for them to sell a piece of property. The commitment is that this property will come into compliance. So whatever the violation is, our goal is to have you committed um, that you will take care of that. So that's the goal. Huge, so, huge. Yeah. Glenn, it has been so fun having you on this, learning about, you know, how it starts, you know, how did we get here? How does it potentially get reduced? What are some of the factors that go into it uh, and breaking it down? I mean, I, I, I think this was super valuable for everybody out there. Um, and, and I really, I learned, I mean, I'm always taking notes on every guest that I have and learning so many different things. And you know, we're going to have a loaded recap on your show on the uh, next show that comes up, the, the recap that comes out. It's, it's, it's great. And uh, Glenn, so before we hop off final words, final thoughts on anything code enforcement, um, you know, tips and tricks and anything we didn't get into or something that is just really something you've been thinking about when it comes to these liens. Um, you know, reach out to us, talk to us, um, communicate, um, and, but be patient. There's most of the government agencies are going to be minimal staff. Um, and, you know, so getting back to folks as best as we can try to, you know, be responsive. It's sometimes is a challenge with all the influx that's coming in. So just be, you know, just be patient with staff, um, but definitely reach out to staff and, and try to, you know, um, communicate with them to get the things going and they will be responsive and, and try to help you out. Their goal is always to help. You know, that's why we're here. We're, we're public servants. We want to help. Um, so just be patient with them. And, and we appreciate that. 
um, as well. And we're, we're going to go the extra mile for you. If you just have a little bit of patience with us to get you through the process. Amazing. That, and, and that is so wonderful to hear. I know a lot of people are going to really appreciate that because they're going to be looking for a Glen in every municipality. Now, uh, they're going to be searching high and high and far. So Glenn, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I love that we were able to connect. You found the video. I love that we were able to hop on on the uh, on the show tonight, and it's amazing. So just want to say thank you. Thank you for taking your time, and uh, keep doing the amazing things you're doing in the community to help you know the community grow, the community get even better, and uh, we really appreciate you, Glenn. Thank, thank you thank so you. much. Thanks for having me, and, and appreciate the content that you are putting out there for us. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to keep rolling. It's not going to stop. So (laughs) we're going to, we're going to keep it rolling. So, uh, uh, and again, we'll keep in touch and, uh, we'll, we'll definitely be talking soon. Thank you. Absolutely. You got it. You got it. Wow. Everybody. That was a huge episode on everything code enforcement liens and all the, all the really interesting stuff that you probably wanted to know the inside of what people are looking for and what the city and municipality is thinking when it comes to these liens and lien reductions and some tips and tricks. I know I learned, I'm sure many of you have seen these situations before on title and you've talked to the County, whether you're a Duval or clay, I'm sure there's different strategies. Everybody, has but you can really learn a thing or two when you're talking to someone like glenn because glenn is he's sitting in that office seeing these day in and day out and the and some of the things that people are doing i thought some of the the great tips and tricks was bring the receipts bring the proposal bring something to the table that allows everybody to participate in some kind of negotiation uh, and maybe hammer it down to a settlement and get a commitment out of it which is huge and of course building the relationship with the people that are on the in the office, the rapport, that's massive value because you you want that over time, especially if you're investing in a particular area over time and these liens and nuisance liens and maybe you're dealing with a lot of distressed property, it comes up all, all the time. So you want to have that rapport. It's really important to have that. But uh, that, that last part really stuck with me was the story and what's the real story behind what's going on that can have a huge impact on the lien reduction. It can have a huge impact on what happens next with that lien. You never know the story behind it and building that story and finding out what that is and implementing that with all the other things that Glenn was talking about. That's massive. I mean, I took so many notes. I'm sure you all out there did. Um, Wow. I I really appreciate Glenn coming on the show and, and I'm sure you all enjoyed it. So, Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for participating and being on here. Um, If you got a question, just drop drop it in the comments below. Uh, But it's a wrap, everybody. Another Wednesday night. Can you believe it? Summertime, right? I can't believe it. We're halfway through the year. It's so crazy. Uh, But uh, we're rolling, and the show is going to keep on going. So it's a wrap, everybody. I will see you next week. See you soon. Have a great night.